0: Mark Wright is an award-winning entrepreneur and self-taught digital marketing specialist. He made his name winning The Apprentice TV show in the UK and he now runs several successful businesses. He made the Forbes 30 under 30 list for Europe in 2017, was named Entrepreneur of the Year at the 2018 UK Business Awards and it all started when he arrived in London as a
1: backpacker from Australia. I was living in a hostel, a backpackers hostel called the White Ferry House in, in uh, Victoria, uh, £11 a night and I got a job uh, as a door-to-door Google AdWords salesman uh, at, a, at one of the biggest companies in the country at the time, 500 employees, 73 officers, really big country uh, company. Sorry, And uh, I quickly noticed they were pretty unethical in their practices, they didn't treat their staff very well, they weren't treating their customers very well and I got pretty upset by it and I took, I was only 21 at the time, I took the information, a new business plan I'd created to the board of directors there and i said there's a better way to do digital marketing i believe the the industry's moving quickly and we need to go to this model and they laughed me out of the room one because of my seniority in the company but just mainly because of my age i was 20 years old pitching a business that i'd only just joined and and you know at the time their turnover was about 360 million um and uh so they kind of laughed me out of the room um so yeah i i i I knew I, i was I just, you get sometimes in life you get like these weird gut feelings and I knew that I had something good. Um, so I created a business plan for, the, for, for a company I thought would just change the industry of digital marketing. I took it to four banks uh, and because I'm not from England, uh, my visa status was still Australian, they wouldn't even open an account for me, let alone give me the, the, the £25,000 loan I required to get going.
0: Um, so then you had to look at alternatives because you believed in this idea. You wanted to see it through.
1: Yeah, I, l- I looked around at everything. Crowdfunding, angel investing, self-financing options that were all a bit like really risky. Um, and to be honest, I couldn't find anything at that time when, I ha- when you have no money. Uh, it's pretty hard to get started if a bank or um, a proper firm won't touch you unless you're prepared to give away loads of equity. Um, so I was actually quite dejected, and I was going to move back to Australia. I was, I was, I was making the plans to go back where I could get financing. Um, have you any? Have you got a sense of what was driving you at that time? When I. My whole life, if you asked me when I was 12 years old, what do you wanna do, it was be a businessman. There's something in, so if you go all the way back to my youth, my mum owned multiple hairdressing salons, my dad owns car garages, my grandparents owned a restaurant, my other grandparents owned a uh, car garage as well. So the six most important people in my life that I was exposed to growing up all owned small businesses. So all my life I was exposed to sitting around the dinner table and people talking about staff and rent and salaries and products and tough times and good times and all of this stuff. And I was just exposed to business and business conversations all the time. And I remember my parents went through a really tough time when I was like 11 or 12, the businesses weren't doing so good, they were struggling to make ends meet. And I just remember as a kid wanting to fix that for them And I was like, I'm going to become a a really successful businessman and I'm going to be able to solve all their problems with the money I make. So they wouldn't have to worry anymore. You've got it. I wanted to take, it's really weird. I remember the feeling still as a a kid just wanting to take their stress. And I know it should probably be the other way around. The parents want to take the children's stress, but I think you don't realize how vulnerable and imprinted you are on children and how they hear and see absolutely everything, even when you don't think they are. And Uh, From very early on I wanted businesses and I even turned like you know I would turn our uh, lounge room into a cinema I called it the Mark and Co cinema and I used to charge my family the rights to watch the TV and like I was always from pretty early on everything was a business everything was Mm. a way to make money you had to buy things around the house or this that and the other I just wanted to be successful in business.
0: So when things weren't going well for your business idea and
1: the UK that played to your fears because you were going the same way. You've you've got it. You know, there's um, multiple times businesses have a lot of ups and downs every year, every day you go through ups and downs. But uh, it's pretty dramatic running a business, especially a startup. There's a lot there's a lot more downs than ups, but you're quite right. It plays to your inner child fears of when you get when you get going and it starts going wrong. You think back to what your parents were going through when you were younger watching them. It's, it's pretty unreal. It's pretty unreal.
0: Um, so a TV show came along. <laughs> you famously won
1: The Apprentice, which is a huge show here yeah. in the UK. How did that process start? So I was, I was basically really angry that I couldn't get any financing. And one of the guys who sat next to me at the company I was working at, he said, hey, bro, let's try out for The Apprentice. And I said, and he was from New Zealand. He's one of my good friends now. And I said, OK, let's, what is it? And he said, it's a TV show where an old man yells at you. And I was like, OK, that's, that sounds weird, but I'll go along. And I'd never heard of it. I didn't know who Lord Sugar was. So we went to the tryouts on the Saturday. 75,000 people were there. It was just incredible just loads and loads of people and then you just put through crazy a workout of of different selections selling things how you buy things Uh, you had to analyze different business analogies you had to public speak do mathematical equations and write a political manifesto all in one day so it's quite a vast array of different challenges And I started at the start of the day, eight in the morning with 75,000 other people. At midnight that night I was one of two left that hadn't been eliminated. Uh, So I just kept getting called back and called back and finally I got the call, I was in St. Paul's and I got a call to say, you've been selected, you're on. And it was just one of the most happy moments of my life. But coming back to that gut feeling, from the moment the lady from the production company called me and said, you're on The Apprentice, I knew I was gonna win. And people always say, do you think you would win? The answer is, I knew I would win. There's something, sometimes I've gone into opportunities in business and I know it's not right. Sometimes I go in and I know I'm gonna make money in the deal. For some reason, I knew it was my time and I was gonna win that show. And I kind of felt like the other people in there were just extras in my episode, you know? They were just taking part in in my performance and I'd visualize myself winning, I'd visualize it uh, every day. And I was so disciplined with it that, uh, you know, it was just an incredible journey and, and, and winning it really did change my life. From the moment I won it to sitting with you today, it's been mental.
0: What's interesting is that a challenge comes along. You're not saying it was a small challenge because there are so many other people up against you. But you weren't nervous. You, that didn't sort of create a barrier for you. It actually excited you and drove you forward. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So I, um, I've always had this thing where... If I know I'm, if I feel nervous, if I feel anxious about something, I know it's something I should go towards. In Successful people have a trait, I've noticed, and I have this, where if I feel nervous about something or anxious about an opportunity, I know I need to push hard on it. And most people actually do the opposite. When they yeah. get anxious about it, they step away because it's making them feel weird. Oh, this, this, if I go and speak in front of 500 people. I'm going to be nervous, I think if I go and speak to 500 people, I'm going to sell them some stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to make some money, okay? And, and the more I felt uncomfortable, the bigger I've pushed, the more uncomfortable I feel and the more successful I've become. But what you're doing is, maybe it's
0: subconscious, but when the challenge is there, rather than getting nervous and falling back you're interpreting those feelings as something to get excited about. So then you have a more positive outlook.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, Can other people pick that up? Can they pick up that way of thinking? It comes back to training, uh, training your own mind, because I get scared of things just like everyone else does. Uh, And you've got two options. You can go skydiving today. Anyone can go skydiving today but some people don't do it because it's just so scary. Mm. And other people will purposely go up there and skydive because it's scary. And the, the, the most successful business people I've worked with and I've been mentored by and have seen, literally have this button where that scares me, the same as it scares you, but I'm really gonna attack it. And it's like, the harder I attack something that scares me, the more successful I become, and the more it takes mm. to make me anxious about something in the future. Um, Have you always had that, or is that something you developed? I really had to develop, I had the opposite when I was younger. I was so conservative, uh, particularly with money, uh, particularly with taking risks or doing anything that scared me. I mean, I wouldn't go, as a kid, to give you a small example, I wouldn't go on roller coasters. I didn't like heights, I wouldn't go on roller coasters, and I wouldn't spend a penny because I was so scared if I spent my money or gave it out, I'd never get it back. And what you learn as you, if you want to be successful, and what they don't teach in schools and what you don't get taught from your parents is if you want to be financially free and really rich and really successful, you need to take big risks and you need to spend loads of money. The more you spend, i.e., investment, the more you get back. But they don't teach that. You're taught if you finish and you work hard in a job and you get a mortgage and you have this thing called a house and you can pay your bills, you're successful, you're middle class. It's a load of hogwash, um, really, to keep us all quite confined and working in a pattern. If you wanna make money, you need to take real risks and invest a lot of money.
0: Uh, that nervousness, um, that uh, you know, that fear that you got as a kid, you turned that around, didn't you? You use it to energize you now instead of drag you down?
1: Yeah, I I kind of know. Um, One of my staff said it to me this morning. She said, I've never seen anyone that, that you attack situations just so head on. You'll have a challenge come up and you really just attack the situation and and kind of revel in the uncomfortability of it and um, Lord Sugar does that um, and uh, we, we were talking about all the successful people that we know and the, and the one similar thing that we notice is that the, the risks they take and the size of the risks and when they face a situation to be challenged when someone challenges them uh, they attack they never pull back and We have one customer um, who's so successful, and I mean really successful, super, super wealthy, and um, he's one of the most aggressive people in any situations he's challenged. And we, were, we, we said, why do we think that is? And we were analyzing it as a team. And we thought, was he bullied as a child? Was his way of being successful now that when he was younger, he's, he wasn't physical, he wasn't the smartest guy, so he was maybe bullied. And now his success and his financial wealth and his attacking in the moment is his way of saying, listen, don't mess with me now. And it's really weird because these guys are all quite small guys or whatever, and they've got the biggest office chairs you've ever like you walk into their offices and everything's just ginormous their chairs the trophies and the awards it's almost like look where i am now and if you want to mess with me i'm really going to have a go a good go back
0: Um, (laughs) successful people don't stop either though do they you have found success you're wealthy you've got five businesses but you're still as driven as ever so is it the same thing driving you as it always was
1: yeah there's something in me that is like uh, an addiction. It's like an addiction. It's like a switch on me that's jammed on that when you start, you think it's about money. When you're a kid, you think it's about money. Then you grow up and you get money and you're still as hungry to keep going. And it's about building an empire next. I think it goes from money to empire. Then it goes from empire to giving back. And this is the journey I've seen so many people go on where you get, you, you really do think if I have this car, or I have this house, or do this, or do this, do this. Then you get all of that stuff. And then you're like, oh, that, that hasn't helped at all, really. I, I still want to keep going and going and going. And then you build up your empire. Now you find yourself wanting to start helping others, giving back, doing, teaching others how to do the journey themselves. Because it's like I know something that other people don't. I hear other people talk about financial well-being or business or wealth, and I and it's so wrong what they're saying, and I'm kind of feel obligated to help them. Um, I don't know why I was blessed to have the gift that I've done that I can look at a business or I can look at someone's finances and help them. Um, It's just been something that I love and I enjoy and I'm good at and uh, hopefully I can help as many people as possible.
0: It doesn't sound like you had one specific career plan. You were winging it to a certain extent. Do you think that's part of the secret as well? Being open to any opportunity that comes along and jumping on that rather than being too focused on a
1: career plan? A 100%. 100% 100% you know if you're so focused on a career plan industries change economic conditions change um, you, you can be out of a job you can be out of a career like that you need to be focused on how can you serve as many people as possible and, and and what are your skills if your skills are selling well you can sell anything it doesn't need to be one type of insurance or one type of marketing or whatever you can sell anything go where you can have the biggest impact and, and you enjoy it the most I think as long as you enjoy what you're doing and you can work hard at it and you're flexible to change, you'll be successful. Anyone with really rigid ideologies seem to fail because particularly now, things are mo- technology makes things move so quickly that the people that are really stuck in one old-fashioned idea, they, they are successful for a bit and then start to fail.
0: What about someone listening to this that feels that they've got a lot of the skills that you've got, but they haven't got the confidence to go for it?
1: Well, I think, uh, you know, if you've got the skills I've got, you've got no excuse not to be where I am. Uh, and that's the honest truth. The, the, the reason why I'm not the most skilled guy, I'm dyslexic. I can't read and write basically at all, uh, which is not many people know that about me. But the one thing I've got is I work so hard. I work sickeningly hard. And uh, it's not that I have to work hard, it's because I want to work mm. that hard. I've found it when you have your own business or you find your passionate career it doesn't feel like work, it really doesn't. If you're in a job right now and you're listening to this and you're looking at the clock to finish, you're in the wrong job. And the quicker you can quit that and go and do something that you're going to enjoy, the happier your life's going to be. So when you think back to that fear
0: based on your parents being very stressed around the table, that wasn't a fear for survival, it was a fear for stress. Because you're, it's interesting because you must be very stressed to a certain level because you're so busy, yeah. but you're countering You actually you know you've moved away from that initial stress that drove you
1: yeah the thing about stress the thing about to counter it is action and as soon as I'm stressed in a certain area I apply force and action there so if I'm if you're stressed about money you need to go out and find a way to make more money. If you're stressed about your health, you need to go to the gym. You need to eat better foods. Whatever your stress is, it's your body and your mind telling you that something's not right somewhere. And you need to look into that and say, okay, if I'm stressed because of this, why am I, okay, it's money. Am I in the right career? Am I working hard enough? Can I be paid more elsewhere? And going, most people are just stressed, but they're not sure why. They don't actually look at themselves and understand the specifics uh, of why. And then also, you know, we talk about, you know, fear and anxiety and all of this stuff is people get scared of something and they avoid it instead of just dealing with it and um, you know th- like they say with OCD the only way to deal with it is, 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 is hap- do- handling the fears taking them on and embracing them it's the same with success something scares you I'm going to invest 10 grand in that you could lose the 10 grand but you could make 14 and people just just always take the option that's away from the stress why do you think we're scared of fear when actually it's quite a good thing isn't it it's what keeps us going so uh, the human being, the human condition, I was reading a study on two days ago on a flight, we are built to survive. So your, your body and your mind is constantly looking out for you every day to survive. I need to eat this, I need to sleep this amount, drink that, and I will survive today. Fear is an indicator that your survival is at risk so if I do this, it could harm my survival. If I lose 10000 in a deal, I have less money, less chance of survival. It comes back to your human basic condition of, of fear. Yeah. Thank you very much, Mark. That's fascinating. Thank you very much for having me. Awesome.